Stop punishing yourself with bland, chalky protein shakes and fuel your fitness with the best protein in the game at GNC. We've got the hottest brands and flavors that legit taste like cookies, your favorite cereal, indulgent desserts, and more. It's on at GNC. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. First, the bad news. SAP Business AI won't help you generate cubist versions of your family's holiday photos. But it will help you understand which supplier is best to help you roll out your plant-based packaging in Southeast Asia. Or identify the training your junior project manager needs to rise up the ranks. And automate repetitive tasks while you focus on big innovations. So you can be ready for the next opportunity. Revolutionary technology. Real-world results. That's SAP Business AI. What's up, all of our Liberty-loving friends? This is Nate with Good Morning Liberty. Today, I am, well, I was going to say sitting down, but I'm actually talking via Zoom to Sophia Warringer. She works at the Center for Social Justice in the UK and is a Young Voices contributor. Sophia, how are you doing this evening? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me on. Really glad we could make this happen. Now, there's a day coming up, and we're going to talk about it, and... I had no idea that this was even a day, but we're going to talk a little bit about your recent piece. International Men's Day is a feminist cause. Now, I didn't even know that International Men's Day was a thing, and I guess I'm embarrassed about that. I had no idea. But you make the argument that it's a feminist cause. A lot of people uh, might have an issue with that, might disagree with that, but I wanted to have you make that case today on the show. Yeah, so International Men's Day happens worldwide on the 19th of November, and it's actually not recognised by the UN in the way that International Women's Day, which happens on the 8th of March, is, which in itself is an interesting point. And what I'm trying to argue and make the case for here is that just because men have some advantages, whether that be through societal structures, through their biology, through the way they interact with the world, the way people perceive them, just because they have some advantages does not mean they have advantage in every sphere. And where they fall behind, then true proponents of equality should champion their cause. Because true proponents of equality, which at its heart feminism should be, should champion the cause of anyone who falls behind, regardless of who they are or what the issue is. And International Men's Day is important because we have situations where men are suffering disproportionately. So, for example, in the UK, and I think this will be similar around the world, three quarters of suicides are men. And that's just unacceptable. And it's rarely talked about, in fact, if we had a demographic that was that overrepresented in another awful outcome. I think it would take a lot more airtime. So even though you may perceive men to be ruling the world, obviously that has thankfully is changing, but maybe you may perceive them to have all the advantages and why would they need an International Men's Day? Surely every day is International Men's Day. Actually, where causes um, where they are falling behind, we should champion them. And true proponents of feminism should make that their cause too. 
Yeah, the last part you said, I was looking this day up and I found an article from the Huffington Post that says International Men's Day when 365 days just aren't enough. And uh, of course, makes a lot of the points that, that you would assume throughout that article. Now, one thing I wanted to know, you mentioned, say, three quarters uh, of the suicides are men. And you talk about alcohol related deaths. Do we know? So... I wouldn't want to make the argument that every time there's a disproportionate outcome, that it's a societal problem that society could fix, because I think you could say maybe men are more prone to aggression just naturally, uh, maybe uh, more likely to do that kind of thing. But is there a way that we can know, are there societal problems? Are there things that could be fixed to get that crazy number <laughs> down some? Is there a way of separating yeah, those things out? Sorry, it's an interesting question. I think obviously there are some stereotypes that need to be tackled. I think men generally find it harder to talk about things that they're struggling with. And there is this picture of a man who is kind of suffering in silence, who's less well connected. It's shown that men have less friends than women, less people they can open up to. Things like that, I think, are really important to tackle. And also stereotypes hurt women, too. Right. So we have this stereotype that men should not be particularly caring. Obviously, this is talking in generalizations, but this idea persists. And this takes up is shown in, for example, in the UK, only a third of men who are eligible take their paternity leave. And this harms women, too, because we know that women whose partners take paternity leave are less likely to suffer from postnatal depression. And that has huge impacts on their relationship, on the child's development, on the child's well-being and mental health too. So my argument about supporting International Men's Day is not we need 50-50 in these awful statistics. We don't want to be, you know, more women to be having bad outcomes just to make the stats look good. That is not the case. But my argument is where there are issues that maybe you have less attention, but because it's men who are suffering, we don't seem to care about, don't seem to talk about as much, then we should be talking about and caring about those issues too. I'm sure that making the argument that this should be a feminist cause, uh, that that's one of the biggest hurdles to get over because feminists, they're trying to make women equal, of course, and fight for equal rights for women. So why would they spend any time fighting for equal rights for men? And do you think, and I, I assume you've heard a lot of arguments along those lines, do you think that shows that it wasn't about equality for everyone, perhaps, and was just uh, clearly about a specific group and not so much equality for everyone? I think there is a danger that feminism, particularly Western feminism, which is often centred around white women, is quite blinkered in what it decides to propose as its causes. And I think there's an example of this, of really quite widespread silence about the suffering that women are undergoing in Afghanistan, for example. Women now banned from parks and recreational spaces and what is happening to the women in Iran, where there's mass arrests for peaceful protesting. And I think, therefore, we need to widen out the definition of feminism and make sure it's not blinkered in just proposing a kind of angry, dominant voice. And it needs to actually represent all women, yes, whether they live in the West or not, or whether they are taking up space in the media or not, but also 
all inequality. So feminism is not just about equality for women, it's actually equality. And often we're in danger of seeing feminism actually as female dominance only. And that is not good for women either. And I, I appreciate your point that is this just another way of women having to take up the emotional labour, the problems, the the issues of men in another way in which they have responsible for, for men's outcomes and other burden that they have to bear. But my argument is this actually helps women too. And we need to see the sexes as not pitted against each other. But when they both thrive, we all thrive. When one thrives, we all thrive. And when one is on the way up, the other shouldn't be on the way down. So when women are on the ascendancy, it shouldn't be at the expense of men having to be pushed down. True proponents of equality should be sharing that vision for improving people's lives with everyone and not deciding it's a particular strata, only a society that can benefit from that. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Don't you wish life came with a user manual? I know I've needed that many times in the past, but unfortunately, we don't get that user manual. You're just sort of left to figure it out on your own and hope you're making the best decisions. Maybe it's a career change, a relationship. Maybe you're a new parent. It's pretty easy to feel very stuck. Well, we don't have that user manual, but we do have BetterHelp. Therapists can help you figure out that whole stuck feeling help you build better coping skills and work through your tough decisions. Now, I've done therapy before. In fact, some of the best life changes I've made came while I was talking to a therapist. It was tough at the time, and I know I didn't want to do it. I didn't know how it was going to work out, but I am glad that I did it. It's not really about a therapist making your decisions for you, by the way. It's about becoming a healthier version of yourself so you can make the best decisions on your own. As I've mentioned before, our co-host, Charlie, is a consistent user of BetterHelp as well. He loves it, and I know BetterHelp is helping him make it through the tough times. As the world's largest therapy service, BetterHelp has matched 3 million people with professionally licensed and vetted therapists available 100% online. Plus, it's affordable. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to match with a therapist. If things aren't clicking, you can easily switch to a new therapist anytime. It couldn't be simpler. No waiting rooms, no traffic, no endless searching for the right therapist. Learn more and save 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash GML. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash GML. You know, I was reading in the, this piece from the Huffington Post, and they were talking about these problems, which International Men's Day brings up and some of the stats that you talk about. And they basically say, yes, those are, there are disproportionate outcomes but that's men's fault because of the way that men are. And I, I've heard you make the point before, because I, I did do a, a, some research before this, that that type of statement wouldn't work for any other disproportionate outcomes that we have in society. And so why do you, why do you think that that is okay? I guess just because men have been controlling everything for so long, it's, uh, that's okay. Yeah, I think sometimes the temptation is to say just because one demographic as a whole is ahead in some ways, has an advantage, then every single member of that demographic must benefit from that advantage, the idea of male privilege as it would be. And actually, uh, that needs to be so much more nuanced. And we in the UK, for example, have girls outperforming boys in our standard exams that are taken at 16 every single year since they were founded. And one of the professors commenting on that 
said maybe it's because girls are just cleverer and maybe it's because boys in the last few years have spent more time on playstations than studying particularly during covid when they were at home and schools were closed now that kind of overgeneralization and stereotype would not be acceptable by any other group but i think if you see someone as untouchable because they are part of a wider homogeny of, of a group that you decide has an advantage they can be an acceptable punch bag and you can criticize them and you can tear them down in any way and as much as you want these brands of toxic masculinity for example used to label whole swathes of the population and their expression of their of their gender you can use these this group as a punch bag because as a whole yes they may be having advantages but you fail to take into account that individual people's lives may be different from this whole. And you can still be part of a group that is maybe dominant or in the majority while still experience disadvantage yourself. Particularly in the UK, for example, white working class boys, they are the least likely to go to university, even more like le- even less likely, sorry, than those who've been in care. So in the care of the local authority um, and removed from their parents they are even less likely to go to university than that cohort and yet we don't really hear about that we don't really have campaigns on that and so because they're seen to be part of this dominant group less people are taking up their cause and championing where they may be experiencing disadvantage and that's really one of the problems with putting people into groups is, uh, you know, uh, it might be true it is true that men dominated them uh, I'll just say that Men, mostly white men, treated women uh, terribly throughout history, and we can all agree on that. Now, the problem is, uh, I'm 35. I don't know that I had anything to do with that system that was set up at all, and uh, I don't think that any of my, my niece or my or my nephew that's uh, that's 10 had anything to do with that system at all, and I don't know that he should be treated like he's part of some type of a patriarchy and like the, no one needs to help him, or if he falls behind in school, it doesn't matter uh, because of what men 50 years ago did. That seems like we're just perpetuating a really bad cycle. And I wonder if that's leading to, you know, in the U.S., we have problems with violence. We have problems with shootings. We have uh, problems with mass violence. And predominantly, you will see a lot of young men that are committing a lot of these crimes. And I just, it's not to clearly excuse anything that anyone does but i wonder if this ideology that we've kind of left men behind because they were in control of everything has led to some of that i don't know what are your thoughts on that i think it proves the point that it's really important to see people as individuals and not just as part of a group that has no identity beyond its commonality and actually to understand that disadvantage is multi-layered and just because you tick one box of advantage or perceived advantage doesn't mean that you automatically tick every other. And I think the point you're saying about responsibility is interesting too because yes, you don't have or one doesn't have responsibility for what happened before and that's really important. Um, But we also do have responsibility for what we can do now. And what we can do now is we can tackle stereotypes, we can push back against the unhelpful direction in which feminism is pushing, which pits men and women against each other. 
and we can be part of bringing more harmony and more solutions to this relationship. And I think this is not to in at all belittle or talk down the experiences of women who have suffered at the hands of men or at the hands of a society that's built for men and where men, men have thrived. But this is just to add some nuance to that debate and say, look, some men are not coping. And if we believe in equality, we should be looking at that. It's not about blame. It's not about identity politics. In fact, it's moving beyond this idea that who you are is completely defined by the demographic of which you belong to and looking at people's individual situations and taking them as they are, not taking them as part of the group that they present as. That's great. I uh, I completely agree. And if if you don't mind, um, I haven't heard you talk too much about the the Center for Social Justice and what it is that that they do. And I was reading up on your uh, you know your bio on there, and that seems like a little bit of a newer uh, event. I, I guess that you're working with them a few months, maybe. I'm I'm not sure. Uh, but if you could, because our listeners they might hear Center for Social Justice, and they might kind of be like, uh, I don't know. That's that sounds kind of scary. But uh, it doesn't seem like that's the case. If you could let people know what you guys are doing over there. Of course. So first of all, just to say I'm contributing on this program, not as part of my role there. But the Centre for Social Justice was founded almost 20 years ago by a politician called Sir Ian Duncan Smith. And he wanted to have an answer from the centre-right of to poverty and acknowledging that poverty is not just income, although obviously it is important, but it's also other parts of disadvantage. If your parents break up, if you are addicted to substances, if your school is just rubbish and doesn't provide you with a good education, poverty is a lot more multifaceted. And also to really put personal responsibility at the heart of the poverty debate and to give people agency and not just to say the problem is out there with society, with structures, and the society is just stacked against the poor. But actually, what are the practical solutions that we can? find and bring into the heart of the political debate that empower people to improve their lives. And so I understand the term social justice can often be in connotation with critical race theory and often gender studies as well. But the Centre for Social Justice in the UK was founded in 2004 and is really talking about roots in and out of poverty and having a compassionate centre right response to the left's idea of poverty which gives people very little agency and um says that the state should solve all their problems that's great i absolutely love that i'll make sure that there's links to everything in the show notes and like you said you're not here speaking for them but i am just curious about what it is uh, that they do so i just wanted to get that um so i think we kind of talked about how we should uh, move forward or what we should do what what are some actions do you have any actions that people should take is there something that i should do i guess other than having this conversation or uh is there something that people can do in their daily lives to try and help others and and solve this whole uh men versus women problem so best of all i think you mentioned at the beginning you hadn't heard of international Man- men's day and that's completely typical i would say and i think even just marking it, so kind of noting it, talking about it is important. But I think also in ourselves, we can check um, the direction that we're being pushed in often by very angry media or very angry kind of feminist discourse, which wants to pit men and women against each other and makes generalizations like maybe girls are cleverer or maybe all boys were playing PlayStation during COVID or 
toxic masculinity is the norm in males. When we hear these generalizations and stereotypes, just challenging them, noting them, in fact, and challenging them first. And I think that's a really important practical step. And also, when we have issues where men are really disproportionately impacted, we've talked about suicide, absolutely tragic cases. We need to be tackling the causes of men's poor mental health, isolation, the fact often they, when the family breaks up, they, their children are removed from them and they don't have contact and good relationships with their children. All these things we need to be tackling so that men don't feel like they have no one to talk to and feel like that is the only option for them. So there's lots of practical ways um, that hopefully we can move this conversation forward and see it as a really positive thing. This is not about finger wagging. This is not about trying to be um, controversial or difficult for women. It's about moving forward together and seeing that when men thrive, women thrive too. And surely that should be the ultimate goal of feminism. One more thing I wanted to mention was that we need to erase the stigma around therapy as well. We've got a big uh, sponsor on our show that is, uh, uh, you know, BetterHelp. We mention them all the time. And uh, I think men have a lot of issues going and talking to people about some of their problems. Uh, maybe that's just not just not cool. It's not masculine enough to do that. Uh, but if there's anyone listening right now, you've already heard me mention it before. I've done it before. And I think it's totally fine for men to go do that and talk to people and uh, that can help with some of these terrible statistics uh, that we've seen. And once again, International Men's Day is the 19th. And let's uh, let, let's celebrate. Let, let's celebrate and uh, see if we can change some of these things. Sophia, thank you so much for your time today. This is a great conversation. I'm going to put links to everything. And uh, hopefully we can have you back on again sometime. Thank you so much for having me. It's been really great to talk. Ah, uh, hmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com.